Let's doing episode 104 with Rhonda Collier of Sweetwater Health. Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast. Less Doing or Living. Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is The Art of Less Doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Less Doing Podcast, episode 104. Hey, Felix. Hey, Ari, how's it going? Uh, it is going well. It, uh, I'm not sure if the flu has struck our house yet, but there's a couple uh, sick members of the household with something viral. So uh, we're doing okay, though, trying to keep everybody healthy in the meantime. So uh, today's podcast is sponsored by Bulletproof and their new Bulletproof chocolate bars. Uh, now, I had the very nice opportunity to try one of these chocolate bars this past week, and they are really good. So uh, Dave Asprey has taken his uh, his upgraded chocolate, which is mycotoxin-free chocolate, with some MCT oil, uh, vanilla, and cocoa butter or cacao butter. Rather, and th- these things are really good. They have a great taste, and they have this sort of chalky, little bit of a chalky texture to them, which I really like. And he uses his new upgraded sweet, which is xylitol and erythritol, this combination. So really good stuff. And thank you to Bulletproof for being a sponsor of the podcast. So today's interview is with Rhonda Collier of Sweetwater Health, and Sweetwater is a company that does HRV testing and tracking and training, and uh, we'll get more into that. And she goes really well into the science of it, and it, it's, a, it's a pretty cool technology, so I know you're going to like the interview. Uh, but I've just got a few links that I want to talk about today. Well, first of all, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, I, don't, I think that a lot of people either will be listening to this on Thanksgiving or maybe the day after, depending on... Uh, how much of a food coma you're in. And Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. <clears throat> and you should all feel free, and you should not feel free, but you should all enjoy yourselves as much as possible. I don't care what diet you're on, it's Thanksgiving, enjoy yourself. Uh, if you need a detox after, then give yourself an opportunity to take some activated charcoal tablets. That would be one thing you could do. Uh, or you could also use something like uh, the Bulletproof Upgraded glutathione force, which is also something to help you detox. So on the one hand, avoid the bad things, but on the other hand, enjoy yourself and then clean up afterwards as effectively as possible. I have a, um, I have a red herring for us right here on this Thanksgiving note. Is it true that, um, I, I mean, you know, there's the, I heard that there's the myth of the thanks of the turkey having something that puts you to sleep, right? Uh, tryptophan, right. Tryptophan. That, but that apparently... Is, right. So tryptophan is... Yes, it is a myth. Um, there's tryptophan in all sorts of foods, and tryptophan actually occurs naturally in our bodies. Uh, but it's really more... With with Thanksgiving, it's really more about people eating their faces off. Exactly, yeah. It's not about that the tryptophan, need. especially. It, it, tryptophan yeah. is, is, a, is an amino acid. It's an essential acid, basically. And... Uh, Basically, it's just there anyway. So, no, the turkey at Thanksgiving is not making you more tired. It's just the fact that you're eating, you know, 50 pounds of food. Yeah. So, basically, uh, go for it. Have fun. Uh, Okay, so there's a couple really cool things I found this week. One of them is a new website called import.io. And their tagline is that it instantly turns web pages into data. Now, this is 
this is going to sound like it's sort of esoteric, but this actually has applications to a lot of people in a lot of situations. Uh, if you've ever had a situation where you wanted to get data from a website, you know, whether you had uh, a list of books that were for sale or a list of movies with all their times or maybe uh, pricing from competitors, all this stuff that might be on a website. Uh, the example that they give on their homepage, which I love, is an Ikea page uh, of chairs. And it has all the chairs listed with the pictures and the prices and the names and everything. All you do is you put the URL into import.io and it will turn that into data. So what the result from the Ikea page is basically a spreadsheet with a link to each one, the, the picture, the price, and it's all broken out like a spreadsheet that is and you really can, clever i like it's that. it's very very clever and it's it's something that it's a problem for a lot of people when they have to kind of pull this kind of information yeah so you can well yeah because uh, well there's other scrapers that will do this but a lot of times you have to manually go in and say like this is a price you know and this is a photo and whatnot and so this does the data extraction for you and it actually will create an immediate api so you can plug this into sort of anywhere you want or you can just download the data so for example, I use this on the Amazon page where our uh, where the less doing book is to pull the reviews. And now the reviews come in in a really nice format with the actual review, who said it, uh, how many comments, all that stuff. And it's all broken out in a really neat way. And you can continually get that updated feed. So if you need to ever pull data from a website or another source for an app or just, you know, a, a spreadsheet, this is a really, really great resource. I, I think it's um, very impressive what they're doing. Yeah. That is, I think Fancy Hands will appreciate that one very much. Yes, well. absolutely. Uh, okay, so we've talked about some of these smart baby monitors before, but I just think they're really cool. So uh, the MIMO baby or the MIMO, I'm not sure what they're going to call it, M-I-M-O, is a, it, it's basically a onesie with this little like, turtle thing on it that it's very small. And it will track uh, the, their sleeping status, their breathing. You can know their body position. So if they're sleeping on their stomach or their back or whatever. Uh, and you can actually hear through the, the app, the, the associated app, if they're crying uh, or if they're talking, whatever. So it's, a, it's like a built-in sound monitor and life tracker, basically, for a baby. And, you know, both Felix and I are on the point, beyond the point where we would need something like this. But I, I do know that peace of mind you're talking about our babies not us what yeah don't worry um, <laughs> um this is something with at least with the three kids that we have it would have been nice to sort of have this kind of thing where it's a little easier to keep track of things because part of my nightly routine is to have to i have to like sneak into the rooms of all three kids to make sure that everyone's you know sound asleep and breathing and happy and it, I, I always like I have this like fear that I'm going to wake them up and it's just this this would be a nice nice way to deal with that so the Mimo baby looks like it looks like a really uh, nice form I wonder how that too. compares to the the one that we saw that clips on their leg I did like that a lot that yeah there was that good. one that one was really cool and, and but my immediate concern with that one was that my kids at least would probably take it off really yeah, quickly but, I mean, but when they're tiny I mean they just, oh that's true yeah you know, when they're really tiny those uh, mostly yeah are, like, but, that one didn't have the sound monitoring capability. Oh, really? Yeah, so it could tell you if they were breathing, of course, but it would and what their heart rate was, but it wouldn't actually act as a sound monitor. Okay, I see. Yeah. So, anyway, it's really cool, the Mimo Baby. Uh, now, there is, I, I, I've been looking at some uh, speaking engagements that I have to do that are going to involve some international travel. Uh, I'm actually, I'm not sure even if I even told you about this yet, Felix, but in June, uh, June 9th to 12th next year, I'm speaking at the Fortune Leadership Summit. And it's 
It's uh, in Istanbul, Munich, Amsterdam, and Barcelona in four days. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be an interesting logistical uh, experience. But I've been looking at all these different travel things recently, and those, those always come to mind. So there's this one that just I, I popped up called You Roam. And it basically allows you to make and receive calls while you're traveling internationally for very cheap, but with your own phone number, oh, which, wow. is, really, which is, is really neat. Yeah. Um, if you think about that, because a lot of times like the, you know, the smart thing to do often if you're traveling to Europe or whatever is to have another phone with a local number. And that just seems to be like the easiest way to deal with this stuff. Right. Or, or you can get a SIM card from certain providers that will, that will do that. So right. But you're still getting get a different them. phone number then. Right. Yeah, that's true. Or yeah. also worth knowing, we just went to Europe and uh, Claire, this doesn't re- this only applies for Americans traveling in Europe and not every well internationally and not every country obviously but um t-mobile have um you, you can make get free data free roaming data we and calls are like 20 cents a minute or something for to call in the country and back to the states so we went there and claire had no because she's with t-mobile i'm not but she had no data charges and um and very you know and, and i you know i well i turned mine off i was, wasn't able to use my phone but um it was really impressive yeah cool yeah and, and it's something to be i mean it's an important consideration obviously if you're traveling and now in the in the world we live in you know it's so easy to do business kind of from anywhere and from your phone so people are traveling taking their phones like it's, it's something to, to, to be aware of so this looks like a really cool contender basically it, it's a, a unique, I guess, forwarding setup, and it will allow you to use your own number to make and receive calls uh, while abroad. So, really cool. Awesome. Uh, now I found this is a this is a really random one, but I like this. It's called Transfer Car, and basically, what it allows you to do is rent cars and RVs for free for one way in the U.S. And I mean, it makes total sense, and I love this sort of sharing economy. But basically, it's somebody who's rented one of these, and then they need it returned. So you can literally like rent oh, an really? RV. What? Since so you're renting a rental car, exactly. Like, yeah, and it needs it, to be returned to its home. Wow, exactly. that's fascinating. Yeah. Now there's not a ton of flexibility, you know. So it's like, for instance, they have one that needs to go from San Francisco to Miami, you know. Yeah. So which, it, but I feel like for like a college kid or for somebody who just wants to take like a road trip and they don't really care necessarily, this is really really cool. Um, so here, for instance, uh, there's an automatic van, Los Angeles airport to San Francisco airport. You get two free days. So, I mean, why not? Right. Wow. <laughs> and then That's you can do really it on the way back. It's really cool. So transfer car. And they actually have RVs on here. So, you know, you, if you wanted to take your family or like a bunch of friends and I think it's a really cool idea and it's a really good use of sort of, a, uh, an unused resource in a way. I think it's a really clever idea. I wonder how, um, I wonder how that whole thing works. That's really interesting. Well, Very cool. I mean, I, I'm assuming that normally they'd have to pay somebody to return the car uh, or or what. And actually, I, I bet you they're probably charging the person for the one-way rental in the first place. So they're probably doubling up anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So now there's a, a long article on Medium. I, I really like Medium.com because the, the people, I know some people who contribute to it and uh, they're these, you know, they're longer articles. They tell you how long it's going to take to read them. And they're, they're really, they're really thoughtful and some are very thought provoking. Uh, tell, tell me about Medium. I don't know about Medium. 
Well, no, it's just it's medium.com. Um, and it's it's articles kind of about everything, honestly. But it's uh, like my friend Clay Hebert is on there and he's written a bunch of stuff about crowdfunding and crowdsourcing. It's whereas like a normal blog post, you know, or uh, an article on, I don't know, the Daily Beast might be a thousand words or something. These are like six, seven thousand word articles. You know, they're, they're just they they go a little deeper. OK, so uh, there's an article that is uh, it's called work it harder make it better do it faster makes us stronger and it's a long long article about productivity techniques and this guy optimizing his morning routine and everything but and i really recommend people read it but there is a one part of it that i really like and what he said is one of the big permanent changes to his work routine is is something that's known as harriet's activity-based work system and what this is, is that he's so in his case, he's designated four different spaces within his house for different kinds of tasks. So he has an armchair for doing emails, a sofa for reading long things, kitchen tables for writing long things and the desk for everything else, which helps him to keep his desk tidy and make some ergonomic tweaks and, and also uh, implement other productivity techniques. But what I, I really like about this is that. I've talked before, we've talked before uh, about some psychological studies with, that involve priming. And a lot of people ask, like, how do you, you know, how do you get into a flow state? Like, wh what's your routine when you're going to write? Like, all these kind of things. And actually, on that note, Felix, do you have sort of like a routine or something that gets you into the, the state to be able to compose? No, I haven't. But uh, okay. <laughs> if anyone well, finds should, such we should, a thing, maybe we should come up with know. one. <laughs> um, so basically, what the, with priming, you know, you're you're either saying things or you're doing things that help to quickly get you into that mode, right? That's wow. going to help you do the thing that you need to do. I'm all ears, man. So in this case, he's got different locations for different things. I think that's really cool. So if you're in the armchair, you're doing emails. If he's on the sofa, he's reading long things. So that means, first of all, you can, you know, if you do emails on your iPad, then leave your iPad in the armchair. And if you're going to be reading long things, then maybe the, all the newspapers and all the magazines or whatever go... Uh, on a nightstand next to the, the sofa. But uh, eventually, if you do these kinds of routines, then your mind starts to click and think like, okay, I'm here, so now this is the kind of activity I'm going to do. And I think that that's a really, really positive way to do that. The, the car is a good example. You know, the things that you can get done in the car, things you get done at home, um, things you get done while you're walking the baby, walking the dog, whatever it might be. If you can associate those with specific kinds of tasks, then you can use, you can almost reverse engineer that so that you can quickly force yourself into that mode to do it more effectively. Oh, uh, yeah. Interesting. I'm um, very and then so the, the last thing I want to talk about is there was a, a, a whole big media hullabaloo about milk kills. Did you see any of those articles? Um, no, but I mean, I've been drinking milk for quite a while. And, <laughs> and you're not dead. <laughs> uh, but no, sorry, I shouldn't be so. Um, so. The, uh, the basically, as usual, the media sort of sees a study and then they kind of like go nuts with it. And, and the articles are like, milk kills, milk kills. Now, the truth is, is that there really isn't a reason necessarily for adults to be drinking milk. But it's not the, the idea that milk is going to kill you is uh, pretty a little extreme, perhaps a little extreme. Yes. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that this study actually did find, which is true, is that homogenation may, in fact, be the problem. Uh, more than pasteurization or anything. So there, some of the people were saying, well, oh, you can drink unpasteurized milk and that'll be fine. But it, it's it's not necessarily the pasteurization. It's more about the homogenization, how that sort of changes the 
the structure of the milk. But basically what it's saying is that it's going to increase cardiovascular disease and you're going to have bone fractures and all this stuff. But the, the part of the problem is that, the, as usual, when you look at these studies, it kind of you have to examine them a different way. So the group in the study uh, consumes significantly more energy on a daily basis. So there's 39% more in women and 24% more in men. So these are people who are like overfeeding, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they consumed a lot more saturated and total fat, 36% more in the women. Now, I, saturated fat is a good thing, but anything and too much of anything is not a good thing. Uh, and the other thing was that the women in the study were significantly less uh, likely to use bone building calcium supplements. So one of the arguments was that the milk is like robbing you of calcium. So they were saying that uh, of these three factors, you know, one and two, so the more energy consumed and the more fats could explain the increased mortality and cancer risk in women. And the fact that the women in the study were less likely to take calcium supplements could explain why they had a higher risk of hip, uh, but not general bone fracture. So, and there's also, as with anything that's bad for you, there's also studies that say it's good for you. So there was uh, something that a high intake of milk is associated with a 16% reduced risk of cardiovascular disease and an 8% reduced risk of diabetes, which was from a study in 2008 that did a meta-analysis of 15 other studies. Uh, Australians with a high fat milk intake were 69% reduced risk of dying from cardiovascular disease in their peers. Uh, Dutch full-fat uh, consumers had a 1% reduced all-cause mortality risk for, I mean, basically, it's that if you look at the evidence, it's it's actually a little bit more likely that milk might help you than hurt you. But as usual, you have to look at your scenario. So if you're deficient in something, you probably should take a supplement and not necessarily get it from your milk or from some other food source that might not be the best source for that nutrient. So anyway, a lot of technical information there, but basically make your own judgment, but don't worry about milk killing you necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, the last thing I want to say is that the, uh, the boot camp, the first round of the less doing boot camp is wrapping up next week. Uh, so when this podcast comes out, the Monday afterwards will be the last one of this first group. And it has gone so awesome, uh, so awesomely or amazingly. I've been so happy with the results. And uh, a couple people, or not a couple, actually, several people have decided that they really want to go on and become the first round of less doing certified coaches. So I am really, oh, cool. really excited for that. And uh, we'll probably have some of them on the podcast at some point to talk about their experience. Great. So with that, uh, we'll get to the interview with Rhonda. And Felix, thank you. And everybody have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you. And same wishes here. And now for Feature Interview. Now I'm speaking with Rhonda Collier, who is the CEO and co-founder of Sweetwater Health. So, Rhonda, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. Hey, Ari. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, I want to talk all about HRV today. So, okay. <laughs> uh, so first of all, let's just talk about you for a second. You know, what what's okay. your background? What got you to this place of Sweetwater Health? Yeah, well, my background is uh, actually I'm an electrical engineer, and I did chip design for uh, like 25 years. So my background is high technology. And then one day I was just done. So I went uh, got a graduate degree in holistic psychology. And from there, I spent years studying sort of the, uh, the actually, if you look at it from an engineering perspective, the systems theory of humans and their environment relationships. Uh, 
And so that led me to really, you know, think that, you know, the way for the world to improve is for people to start having self-awareness. And wouldn't it be great to have an app that you could sit at your desk or while you're driving or whatever that would alert you when you went into fight or flight? And so one thing led to another, and I ran into Joe Beth Dow, who's an old friend in the park, and she just left her job and ran into Donna Lever, who I went to undergrad with, and she just left her job, and here we were, Sweetwater Health. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, right time, right place. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Okay, so people who are listening to the show should know this already because I talked about it a lot before, but, but why don't you tell us what heart rate variability is? Okay. Heart rate variability in itself is the natural variation of the heartbeat. So if you're, I'll give you an example. If you have a resting heart rate of 60 beats per minute, it doesn't beat at one second intervals like a metronome. It actually beats at like 0.92, 0.98, 1.03 beat to beat intervals and averages out to one second intervals or 60 beats per minute. And so that natural variation between each heart rate is heart rate variability. And what causes it, amongst other things, is the two branches of the autonomic nervous system. We have the sympathetic or fight or flight branch that speeds the heart up. And we have this parasympathetic or rest and repair or rest and digest branch that slows the heart down. And so these two branches of the autonomic nervous system are constantly working to basically keep your body function in equilibrium. You know, keep your blood pressure uh, stabilized, keep your temperature stabilized, just basically everything about your body running um, at the right parameters. And so these two branches also mediate the heartbeat. So you've constantly got sympathetic or fight or flight speeding the heart up and parasympathetic slowing it down. And so that's what causes the beat to beat intervals to not beat like a metronome. And it's an indication of health because a robust nervous system is a sign of systemic um, flexibility and resilience. Right. So we want we want the rubber band. We don't want the. Uh, that's right. That's right. exactly right. Right. So yeah. and because and. Correct me if if this doesn't uh, sort of work as an analog for that, but oftentimes I'm saying it's you know it's not that stress is necessarily a bad thing, and it's also not that stress can't get you down, but it's really about how you uh, recover from it and rebound. That's right. It. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. The rubber band's a great analogy. Um, an, a, a fresh rubber band when you stretch it out, it stretches out, and then it springs back to its normal state. Whereas a crusty old rubber band, we'll have a hard time stretching it without breaking it. And if you do stretch it, it doesn't respond back. Okay, so a healthy HRV is like the fresh uh, rubbery rubber band. Right. Okay, so now why do we care about HRV? Why do we care about tracking it at all? I mean, shouldn't people, I'm obviously being sarcastic, but shouldn't people know when something's stretching them out or when it's not? Okay, such <laughs> a great question. We get so many customers writing in. I don't feel stressed. Yeah. So. The brain is a giant pattern matcher, okay? And it basically filters anything out that's familiar, even if it's not good for you. That's why we repeat patterns over and over in our lives that aren't good for us and we just don't know how to get out of it because you don't even notice you're doing it. And so people who are in chronic stress or fight or flight are used to feeling that way. And so even though they feel in quote unquote relaxed, their body's still in overdrive. Um, on the fight or flight end of things. 
And so as a lot of uh, your listeners will know, that means cortisol, that means interacting with adrenaline, and it, there's just all these feedback loops with insulin and uh, just it's it's so it just starts a whole chain reaction, and then the cortisol shutoff mechanism doesn't happen, and so that's just you just get used to feeling that way with an overdrive of cortisol, and so what HRV does is allow you to actually have an objective measure to see whether you're in chronic fight or flight and chronic stress or not. And, okay. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And we care about that because uh, as. Uh, uh, according to you know Stanford and Mayo Clinic and Harvard and all the medical centers, stress is really the weak link to most disease. They say 90 to 95 percent of disease is uh, fundamentally caused by stress. Right. Okay. And so that's that's a key point for me because my whole productivity system is really based on the idea of reducing stress. Really, that's yeah. that's how yeah. I try to make people more productive, that's more effective. Um, so. When you're looking at HRV, oh, and by the way, you know, the thing you said about people writing in and saying, I don't feel stressed. One of the things I'll do when I am creating workout programs for people, which I, I pretty much only do for friends at this point because it's very tedious work for me, but uh, right. I'll have them send me their stress. I, I, like, I, I love this app called um, Stress Check by Azumia, which is nowhere near as detailed as what you're going to get from one of the Sweetbeat apps. Uh, but just for a quick check for somebody who doesn't have, you know, a heart rate strap or anything like that, they can get a number of their stress rate. And I, I'll have people do that after a couple of days of doing a workout. And then I can decide what their workout's going to be for that day. Because it's amazing when you feel see somebody who's been working out really hard for three days and they feel good and they feel like they're, you know, in beast mode, as people like to say, but then they're showing stress, you know, levels that are really really high and that's the day that you definitely don't want them to do another hard workout no that's right that's right so when you're so so let's talk about the sweet beat okay so when you, you ha, i mean how does how do the apps work basically so let's walk people through that okay so sweet beat and sweet beat life um our iphone apps android coming soon um and they work with third-party heart rate monitors and I say third party because we left it that way so that people who are working on the latest and greatest biosensors that will be able to adapt. So currently uh, we support pretty much any Bluetooth low energy um, off the shelf heart rate strap, like a Polar, a, uh, a Zephyr. Um, Under Armour just came out with one. And so you can just go on Amazon and buy a Bluetooth low energy chest strap. And just for your listeners, I do recommend if you want to do this to go to our website and look at the ones we've already tested because Sweetbeat is actually clinical grade accuracy and you need really accurate beat to beat intervals to get accurate HRV. Well, and so I, definitely, I definitely want to talk. Ones. I definitely want to talk about the the health patch too. So yeah, yeah. And then we have the uh, health patch by Vital Connect, and that's our latest and greatest. And it's it's um, actually looks like a, a big band aid, and you basically stick it on your chest in a couple of different places, and it measures. It's a FDA approved single lead EKG. It also measures respiration, skin temperature. It's your step counter. It's your accurate calorie counter because it's calculating calories based on respiration, skin temperature, and heart rate. Um, and then it has a few other metrics that we don't implement at this time, like posture and um, activity. So if you're jumping up and down, it gives you Gs. 
athletes like that. So, yeah, so we're really excited about that. So basically you get one, you either get a chest strap or you get the health patch. And there's a few ways that our customers use it. Um, I'll start with the athletes using it for training. HRV has been used in Russia for decades to help athletes guide their training because overtraining turns out to fatigue the nervous system. Okay. And so what our customers do is they take a three minute reading uh, while they're still lying in bed in the morning um, and don't even start thinking about their day, just loll around and kind of doze, take your HRV. And then it goes into a graph that's specific for the HRV for training feature. And what it does is compare your morning HRV with your 10 day running. And just for simplicity's sake, average, it's actually a little more complex algorithm. So you'll see an orange line and a green line and the green, a green dot. And your green dot is your daily HRV. If you're above the line, your reference line, then it's trained as usual. If you're below it one day, we recommend a low exertion day. And if you're below it two days in a row, we really recommend uh, a rest day until you recover. Um, that way you'll have, as athletes know, you need a full recovery in order to get stronger and have better performance. Absolutely. So now for the for the, the non-athlete, you know, somebody who's right. just dealing like a, a day trader or somebody who's running a business or somebody who just has, or a parent, you know, who's just having stress yes. in their life. Absolutely, absolutely. How, how are they going to use it? I mean, the same way, really. You you So they could do that. Um, having a morning reading is a great way to... Um, get your overall systemic health, uh, uh, stress, if you will, because emotional stress, by the way, will cause the same dip in HRV that physical stressors will. Also nutrition, so any kind of stressors on the body can affect HRV. Uh, it can be physical, emotional, environmental, nutritional, and all that kind of thing. So a parent, a stressed worker, like um, I certainly used to be, can um, take their reading in the morning to get their overall stress level, they can also turn it on and set it aside and, uh, for instance, someone can put it on while they're at work and, ha um, and see what's going on during their day that causes them stress. And the app can actually alert you while you're working at your desk that something just happened and you just went into fight or flight mode. And then you can actually stop and go, okay, what is going on here? Um, I have an example that I didn't realize I was doing. And if a browser doesn't load when I think it should, all of a sudden my face is in the screen. <laughs> my sh no, it is. I'm very sensitive to latency. And if it's always five seconds, five seconds works. But if it's suddenly 10 seconds, my face is in the screen. My shoulders are hunched. And the sweet beat actually went off and alerted me. And so that one behavior change has changed a lot of stress for me. Okay, so the thing that, that people can learn, they can put it on while they're driving because you just are unaware that at the same exit that always backs up every day, you start stressing out. Okay, and because you do it every day, you don't even notice it. And so Sweet Bee can alert you to that. And um, what you can do is change a single behavior that has a big uh, impact about your stress across your life. Okay. So avoiding that behavior is one thing, of course, but what else can, you know, like breath control, for instance, there's other things, right? Yes. There. Yes. So what you could, what Sweet Beat has is you can program it to, like I said, alert you when you go into a certain stress level and then a breath pacer pops up. Okay. And so we're actually, first of all, alerting you to be mindful, stop, look what you're doing. And then we're also asking you to breathe. And this breath pacer in particular has a 
one to two inhale to exhale ratio. So it's an inhale to three seconds, exhale to six seconds. Actually, ours is inhale to four seconds, exhale to eight seconds. And that ratio has been shown to balance the nervous system because the long exhales actually increase the parasympathetic activity to help balance out that sympathetic activity that just got triggered. Yeah. So I, I, to me, HRV is almost like you're, you're uh, not shortcutting, but for me personally, meditation is very difficult. I mean, I'm, I'm a certified yoga instructor and meditation has always been something that's very challenging to me whereas hrv there's nothing challenging about it you're really it's you're just getting that immediate feedback so you you learn from it so well and i i find that the the effects of it are just so strong well it is and ari that's a great point because uh you know yoga has mindfulness meditation what what apps like sweet beat and sweet beat life do is bring mindfulness in the moment okay and so something you were completely unaware of you can now start observing in yourself and then also right in the moment do some deep breathing especially with the two to one ratio that really helps bring you back into balance and you can practice it you can actually pull up sweepy when you're stressed or even not and start doing the breathing and long breath long exhales and watch your hrv uh increase yeah that's that's very cool and and yeah it is (laughs) so (laughs) Uh, how are you? I mean, are you using it all day, every day? Like, do you just check in in the morning? Like you personally, how are you using it? I generally put it on um, after I get out of bed and I'm sitting having my tea in the morning. That's just my time that I do it. And so I kind of see how my day is. And I can um, be preemptive, if you will, for stressors that come along. For example, there's studies that show that we have a certain bucket of willpower each day, okay? And that that willpower um, is, uh, your HRV is indicative of how full your bucket is that day. And so you can really go, you know what? I've got this thing coming at me and this thing coming at me today, but you know, my HRV is kind of low and I'm going to only deal with this one today so that I don't get over overwhelmed and overstressed. And so you you can use it to almost plan your day. Yeah. So that's really interesting for me personally, because I mean, I, I've sort of found different timings that work better for me to do things. But for instance, I know that when my HRV is low, I can actually get sort of busy work done without a problem, but I definitely can't do creative work. You are so on. I say this all the time. I've told people. In fact, we had it in our first app store description. When your HRV is low, it's a time to do busy work. Okay, it is. And when it's high is the time to do um, your creative work. Also, um, you know, we were all at the biohacker conference and we discovered quite by accident what happens when you're in flow. Your HRV starts going up right before your eyes. We just were putting it on, like I said, working at our desk. And once we started really flowing and, you know, just your fingers start typing, just you're not even thinking you're. All of a sudden you look over and your HRV is up 10 points and your uh, LF, which is your sympathetic nervous system, and your HF, which is your parasympathetic, both of those power levels start going up into the thousands. And so you can really also learn um, when you're in flow if you're not aware of that. So that's pretty cool, too. It is cool. It's very cool. (laughs) So. What's uh, what's sort of on, well oh and one other thing I did want to talk about too is the food sensitivity aspect. Of yes, this, absolutely, which absolutely. is really amazing. So let's talk about that for a second. Okay, 
the food sensitivity feature is based on what's called the COCA pulse test. Yeah. Um, author COCA was a renowned immunologist in the 50s, you know, founder of the Journal of Immunology and taught at a lot of prestigious uh, universities. And his wife had these these symptoms and they couldn't nail it down. She did all the allergy tests and nothing was really showing up on the skin scrape test. Um, and so what he did was come up with the COCA pulse test. And they were actually able to discover the things in her environment that were causing her to have just these chronic low-level illnesses. And so what it's based on is you take your a your baseline pulse while you're laying in bed in the morning. And once again, this is not heart rate variability. This is actual pulse rate. Okay. So you take your 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 heart rate in the morning while you're lying in bed, and that's your baseline for the day. And then you take it right before you eat a meal just to make sure you didn't get out of the gym or just run up and down stairs because you want to make sure your heart rate's at, in, within your baseline before you eat. Then you put in what you're eating and you hit I'm done eating and uh, Sweet Beat will take your pulse at 30, 60 and 90 minutes after you've eaten. And if your pulse increases more than, uh, according to COCA, 16 beats per minute, um, then you've eaten something that you are sensitive to. And so it's really important to understand these things because it's these low-level sensitivities that cause low-level inflammation that then interact with the cortisol and can cause all kinds of havoc in the body. And, and you've so, been able to use that on yourself to find sensitivities? Um, I have. I discovered, and I'm not allergic to anything, okay? I discovered quite by accident that I was... I have a sensitivity to cherries. Really? So I was actually testing something else, sweet beet for something else, sitting at my desk and ate a bunch of fresh cherries just this last summer. And my heart rate, suddenly my resting heart rate's 50. And my heart rate was 79. Wow. And so then later I tested for the cherries and sure enough, I have a, and I went online and said, yes, there's a common cherry sensitivity. I never knew that because I'm just not, not allergic to anything. Um, but apparently I am sensitive to things. We also have people that have done testing. And I want to really emphasize that it can be up to an hour and a half after eating the offending food. We've had someone eat, um, uh, one of our case studies, eat a big plate of pasta, suspecting gluten sensitivity. Her father did have Crohn's disease. Um, she didn't, but she had the genetics. She did the 23andMe and she had the the gene for it, but it wasn't expressing. But she tested for the uh, the plate of pasta, and her resting heart rate was 53 in the morning, and it went up to 88 while lying on the couch watching TV. Wow. An hour and a half after eating the pasta. So we have a ton of case studies like that. So yeah, it's really great for people, you know, to be able to discover things uh, that are causing low level inflammation that they didn't know about. And that's interesting too, because you know the 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 uh, the rise or the increase rather that you're describing is probably not something that most people would even notice. You know that 15, 20 beats per minute. Yeah, you're probably right. not even going to be aware of that. I I have a, a friend who, when he was younger, had um, SVT, which is supraventricular tachycardia, and he would routinely have heartbeats above two hundred, and sometimes he'd hit three hundred. And he said that 
he basically until he was like 16 he just thought that that's what everyone that's how it oh. was for everyone and he wouldn't you know so 200 wouldn't mean anything to him like he would have a, he said he said right. when he reached 300 he'd have to sit down for a minute but it just never even like occurred and he had to have an operation and get it repaired but it's yeah. so you think about that and then you think about a 10 to 15 beat or 20 beat difference you, most people just don't notice that so it's really yeah. interesting to have that awareness like i said i only noticed it because I had a strap on and was testing Sweet Beat for something else. Yeah, I'm like, why is my heart rate 79? I'm sitting at my desk, you know? And it's like, I just ate those cherries. And then I looked it up and it's like, sure enough. So yeah, it was really, so no more cherries for me. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fascinating. Especially since yeah. since tart cherry juice is actually supposed to be anti-inflammatory. But, you know, if you have sensitivity to it, that's not going to matter. So, uh, Yeah, I, I didn't know. And you made an important distinction there, too, by the way, that it's not that you're allergic, per se, to anything. Right. But there is a, you know, low-level nervous system sensitivity. So That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so what what's what's next on the, uh, in the future for, for Sweet Beat? Well, we currently, uh, I'll tell you what's new in Sweet Beat Life. Yeah. We have uh, integrated uh, the Fitbit. Okay, I'll back up. We have a, a, a correlation feature now that actually provides information from yes. the data. Okay. Um, all these dashboards with all this data that we, we can look at all our steps and our calories and their dashboards, but what does it mean? Okay. Because that's great. Um, I ate this many calories and burned that many, but I don't know. Did I lose weight? Did I get stronger? Did my HRV increase? What am I doing to actually actually make myself healthier? So we added a correlation feature that ties in with your Fitbit, your Wything scale um, and blood pressure cuff, and map my fitness to measure what sort of uh, intensity your workouts are, as well as um, you can put your calories into something like lose it, tie that into your Fitbit and we can read your calories. So what we do is actually provide correlation. And I'll give you an example. So say somebody's training for an Ironman and they've been measuring all these things, how much they've been eating, they've been you know, wearing their Fitbits or, or their Vital Connect patch to measure their calorie in and out. Um, they've been taking their blood pressure, taking their HRV, and they've been doing this for six or eight months or a year. And so they want to know what they've been doing that makes their HRV the highest. And then they can then duplicate that. So they have a good chance of having the highest HRV the day of the Ironman. And so you can go in and also select, okay, what have I been doing that gives me the weight I want? Okay. A lot of people just don't, they, they can't lose weight and they don't understand why. And so what you can do is see what you've been doing in terms of, of, of what kinds of activities, uh, how many calories you're eating versus how many your calories burning. And I'll give my personal example of this. I lose weight, and I'm talking only four pounds, but it's four annoying pounds. Um, <laughs> no, I learned that it's not the delta calories. So if I'm burning you know, 1,300 and only eat 1,100, I don't really lose weight. What, what I lose weight is if, and I learned it from the correlation, is if I burn 1,800 and eat 1,600, that's when I lose weight. Okay, so this is the kind of things that the correlation uh, uh, function on Sweet Beat Life can give you. Also, you can find out what you're doing to have the blood, the, your, the blood pressure you want, okay? And eventually we'll hopefully be adding glucose and other metrics to that. 
Wow. And okay. so, yeah, it is. It's really, it's really cool. Okay, great. So now the last question that I always like to ask people in this interview is, is what are your top three personal tips for people to be more effective? And that can be from anything you've ever learned, but what are your top three tips? Okay. Um, obviously nutrition. Mm -hmm. And I can't emphasize that more with the way we've just been raised to eat in this culture really stop eating out of boxes and start eating grass fed and start eating fresh um, because that makes a huge difference. I think the big one for me, Ari, is being self-aware of what's going on inside your body. So be aware when your forehead's crinkled, when your jaw's locked, when your shoulders are all up. Okay. Be aware of these things because once you have that awareness, then as soon as it hits, you can start relaxing yourself. Okay. So self-awareness. Um, and I guess the third would be plenty of exercise. I know these are cliche, Not at but all. even if it's just a walk around the block, even if it's just parking far at the end of the parking lot and, you know, get some sort of exercise every day. Great. Those are, um, I think those are very yeah, good. They're effective. No, they work. Right, so, I guess if you keep drilling them with the same ones over and over again that, you know, they'll start catching on to some, you know, more of the general population. Right. So, and you don't have to go to the gym and sweat. Just walk a little bit. Right. Yeah, that's true. So, okay. Rhonda, where's the best place for people to find out more about Sweet Beat? Okay. Just go to uh, beathealthy.com. That's B-E-A-T as in heartbeat, beathealthy.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Beat Healthy. And you can also like us on Facebook at Beat Healthy. Great. Well, Rhonda, thank you so much. That was very informative. Okay. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we'd love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.